0: I'll be free the way God made that. and I won't be ruled by the damn union. Taking your right to self-defense, they say you're safe, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in their guns. All the unions always ask for we buy is made on foreign shores, come a day when there'll be real hell to pay, I've got to be free the way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the damned. Damn
1: you, when hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tap into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I am your ever so humble and you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Rome County, Tennessee. I uh, got a lot of stuff to get to today on this Friday evening, so I'm just going to quickly give you the benefit for those of you that are listening to the rebroadcast the time that the live broadcast was taking place that of course is uh November the twelfth twenty twenty one and it's a few brief moments after seven pm uh, one of the breaking news stories that uh, was definitely picking up speed uh, as far as coverage was concerned uh, going into the evening is the fact that former advisor to Former President Donald J. Trump, uh, one Mr. Steve Bannon, has been indicted on contempt of Congress charges. A federal grand jury charged Bannon with two counts of contempt of Congress, according to a Department of Justice press release that was put out today, that being Friday, November the 12th. Uh, Bannon was hit with the uh, charges for failing to appear for a disposition in front of the House Select Committee to investigate the January 6th attack, uh, known among Democrat and media circles as the insurrection, Uh, and for the rest of us, um, mild, minor, and uh, dare I say, mostly peaceful protest. Uh, (laughs) Dare I say it? I think I just did. All right, so at any rate, uh, the Democrats in the House, of course, were really upset that Bannon said, "Mm, no, I'm not playing your little reindeer games, and clearly that's what this is. There was, in fact, some legal questions, however, involved about uh, how much presidential executive privilege was involved with what they were asking for. Uh, Strangely enough, I really don't understand, given the fact that Bannon was... Not really an advisor, although I do think that they had kind of patched up a a little bit uh, the falling out that they had had previously. Uh, I I don't know that uh, Bannon really would have had very much information about the January 6th. I mean, I would be kind of curious to find out, clearly, for the claims of uh, executive privilege to even stand There must be some level of standing, so maybe he did have a conversation with him about it previously. I can see it could have been a reach out. I I don't know. Uh, I don't think they know, but obviously they're suspicious. Uh, The bottom line here is, however, if you really want to undo executive privilege, which appears to also be something on a completely different topic that uh, Joe Biden is trying to do right now, is to just kind of undo executive privilege because he wants a lot of uh, Trump's uh, personal papers released from the National Archives. I'm assuming this because that now uh, not only does Joe Biden and uh, the majority of the Democrats currently holding office and in positions of powers, especially at the national level, are shaking in their boots. That the orange man who is bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist, is not only going to run again, but is, certainly seems to be picking up steam towards that nomination and possibly retaking of the White House. They're scared to death of him. That's why they tried so very hard to do the impeachment thing even after he was out of office. They wanted to try and fix it so that there was no way Donald Trump could run again. They wanted him disgraced. They wanted him uneligible to be president for a second term, regardless of when that term occurred. So make no mistake about it. There's there's these ridiculous games ongoing. However, I don't think they've spent any time even pondering the can of worms they would be opening up should executive privilege be tossed out, especially on the grounds that Biden and company are currently arguing that there is no longer executive privilege once you're no longer president. Because that would lead to some interesting questions about, um. oh, dare I say, fast and furious. rot row Looks like Barack Hussein al-Akbar Obama might have some splaining to do if Joe gets his way on this one. Because I guarantee you, the folks on the right would love kick on in that door that Joe Biden looks like he's trying to open up. We'll see how that goes. But anyway, back to this. The uh, investigation, of course, is still ongoing, and the House Select Committee wants uh, and did want Bannon to show up, and Bannon refused to turn over certain papers, and he didn't show up. And so since he didn't hand over the requested documents... Uh, in the face of the committee's subpoena, uh, they turned it over to a grand jury because they recommended him for contempt of Congress. Uh, Again, I, I don't think that's a charge they want just out there because right now, a different kind of contempt, to be sure, but a high percentage of the American public, even many who typically vote Democrat, right now have a pretty high contempt of Congress. And... The White House, and a lot of judges, for that matter, too. Uh, the of the activist variety, of of the so-called progressive variety. Anyway, the House, of course, voted to hold uh, Bannon in contempt a while back. They moved it forward, and now the DOJ put it in front of a grand jury. And again, what does this mean? Did Did Steve Bannon do something terribly wrong? Is he going to face horrible consequences? I don't know, but again, I'll remind you of the saying that uh, almost every third-year law student uh, learns and can spit out at the drop of a hat should somebody say something about a grand jury, and that is mm, you could convict a ham sandwich in front of a grand jury. So it's not a matter of convicting an actual court, but you could get uh, the, uh, what's the proper phrasing again? You could get the indictment. Yeah, that's the word. You could indict a ham sandwich in front of a grand jury uh, because of the way the grand jury thing's set up. Now, no arraignment date's been set, at least not at the time uh, that I went on air. Uh, and according to the press release from the DOJ, The subpoena said the committee, quote, had reason to believe that Bannon had information relevant to understanding events related to January 6th. Bannon, formerly a chief strategist and counselor to the president, has been a private citizen since departing the White House in 2017. Hmm, what year is it again? Um, 2021? I And we're almost at the end of 2021? I mean, we are literally right about a month and a half from being 2022. So that's three, four, almost five years ago now. And the January 6th event took place... Back in January of 2021, Ah, what's the reason to believe? How about this, guys? I've got reason to believe that a large number of Americans uh, have information relevant to understanding the events of January 6th. In fact, all you have to do is listen to almost any conservative talk show that exists. Almost every single one of them has... at least in part, explained in great detail what led to the events of January 6th. Because what happened on January 6th, there's a lot of sketchy shenanigan-type activity that took place, a lot of questions, a lot of room for conspiracy theory. But let's pretend for a second that none of the shady things happens. Let's pretend for a second That there were no shenanigans. And and in fact, while we're at it, let's pretend as if this was, in fact, exactly what the Democrats and the mainstream legacy media has tried to paint it as. uh, A group of Trump supporters so angry at the outcome of the election that they stormed the Capitol in what they thought is being a planned, organized insurrection. Okay, well, that's that's a bridge too far. It's hard to imagine all that, but let's just, if you will, imagine the first couple of things, and then uh, we'll call it a riot that got out of hand just a little bit. How's that? Okay, I think we can imagine that. That that's not a bridge too far. That falls well within most people's ability to imagine. So let's 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 stay right there. The explanation, you pompous, arrogant, democratic douchebags, is that you guys completely ignore the American people. You completely ignore the overwhelming majority of your constituents, the people who elected you, who put you in a position of authority. Which, actually, as far as you guys are concerned, it's not about the authority. It's not even really about the power. It's about the ability to enrich yourself. So you should be grateful for the opportunity to be there. At least enough to listen to your constituents. A lot of you Dems ignore the majority of your constituents because you know you're not likely to have to face any of them one-on-one, anytime. I mean, that's what you have staff for, right? I mean, talking to people directly is beneath most of you. Now, again, I'm talking about at the federal level. Uh, If you're looking at state and local guys, yeah, they still spend a lot of face time. But at the end of the big circle here, what happened with the frustration? What happened for the folks that were led astray, who got a little overexcited, who who stepped inside. The reason there was a protest at all is because they're tired, sick and tired of being ignored by the likes of you pompous, arrogant, smarter than everyone else, superior intellectual betters, treating the rest of us like we are insignificant, like we are a nuisance to you and and how dare us even occasionally act like a speed bump for your plans of domination and self-enrichment because we occasionally will elect someone other than you now how dare we so again yeah not a hard not a hard thing to wrap your mind around if you truly understand the american people which is of course why they can't figure it out. So at any rate, uh, Bannon, who's also a tremendous talk show host, I mean, I I didn't care for what Steve Bannon did when he was at Breitbart, especially as editor-in-chief. I really didn't, because he kind of took what Andrew Breitbart built and turned it into just a shill machine for Donald Trump. Uh, Anything, any story that came along that might cast the the least bit of shade towards Donald Trump was squashed. Everything was pro-Trump, pro-Trump. I mean, it literally was everything most conservatives complain about with the legacy media only slanted towards Trump. And I personally believe you could let Trump stand on his own. You could tell the truth. You could tell all the stories. Simply inform the populace of everything that is truthful without trying to to overly protect, without trying to manipulate, without trying to twist. I think you could have done that and still done what you were trying to do because Donald Trump was going to be elected regardless. All of Trump's negative traits were baked into the cake. We knew what we were getting by the time the election came around. And more importantly, we knew what we would be getting if Hillary Rodham Clinton had been elected. Thank God she wasn't that popular even amongst Democrats. Whew. So I wasn't real happy there. But what I will tell you is that individually, Steve Bannon is a great uh, talk show host. If you've ever heard him on the radio or if you've ever watched the, the Bannon War Room, which... Uh, You know, released as podcast and is uh, aired as a television show as well, if you've ever seen it or listened to it. You know, he's got his unique style, and he's very good at, at that aspect. He's a great communicator. But the idea here that Congress can just subpoena you And completely ignore concepts and ideas like executive privilege, it's difficult to accept. Difficult at best. I'm trying to be diplomatic and polite here, although I shouldn't be, because this is the moment when my mostly peaceful host should be thrown out the window. There's a couple of stories like that today. I should just throw the mostly peaceful part out the window because I'm feeling kind of angry. I'm feeling very angry. This story other Trump acolytes have been threatened with the same thing. Kyle Rittenhouse facing the still the possibility of being found guilty by a jury at this point. We'll see what happens. But the possibility still exists not because evidence was presented that was even remotely remotely indicative of guilt, but just because a lot of jurors are going to be feeling a lot of pressure from outside sources, the same type of pressure that led this case to be tried in the first place. The prosecution has made it clear through the course of this trial that they had no case. They could not build a case. Their own eyewitnesses, even including one of the people shot by Rittenhouse, testified 100% without doubt that this was self-defense. The lefties are whining. They're whining about the judge because he seems to at the very least like the country and seems to want to protect the rights of the accused, which is typically something leftists prefer, or at least that used to be the case. Because he lectured the prosecutor over, I don't know, um, major huge mistakes like attempting to introduce evidence that had been denied, trying to insinuate that by utilizing his right to remain silent, Kyle Rittenhouse was, in fact, showing some level of guilt? How about he was just following counsel's advice? But then again, this is also a prosecutor who evidently had to have the concepts of apparently... The word apparently, the meaning of the word apparently, uh, the concept of that had to be explained to him. Uh, apparently, also, I, I, here I'm using the word apparently, uh, needed the concept of sarcasm explained to him. A multitude of other things, and, and so I'm I'm angry about that because this possibility still exists that our system that has just now unequivocally, unequivocally shown Kyle Rittenhouse to be not guilty of murder, still faces the hatred of the left. CBS tweeted out today that Kyle Rittenhouse testified that he had murdered two people. They, after a few moments being lambasted rather quickly by a large number of conservative folks, took They realized their error. Now, they were trying to convince anybody who hadn't watched the trial, anybody who hadn't visited LegalInsurrection.com, anybody who wasn't keeping track of what's going on here, you know, because maybe you work for a living, Uh, maybe you're at work during the days when the trial's going on, maybe your only news source happens to be and heaven help you, you poor, unaware person, you, maybe your only source of news is CNN or, or MSNBC or maybe even CBS at this point, but tweeted out that he testified that he had murdered two people. What do you think they're trying to do? How about flame the fans of the general public that they're hoping will show up and riot again? It's insane. So anyway, with Bannon now, he's, he's like I started to say a little bit ago, he's expected to self-surrender uh, at the end of this weekend and to appear in federal court that afternoon, according to the Justice Department. The House, of course, voted 229 to 202 to hold Bannon in contempt last month, back on October 21st. Uh, and yeah it's just it's just insane. This is where we're at in this country right now. How did we get here? How did we get to a point where people are literally okay now with one side claiming every advantage, wanting to hold fast to every rule that they like when they can use it, but then claim when the other side uses whatever it may be, that it's horrible, it's terrible. Uh, Democrats, we love using the filibuster, uh, but when Republicans use the filibuster, it's an archaic tool of white supremacy that should be done away with. You know, until we're in power again, and we need it to try and stop other people from doing crazy stuff, uh, like to tell us we're wrong somehow. Because, again, that's kind of what they do. That's what they find themselves at the bottom of the barrel. What What are you going to do? How do you fight? Well, you fight with every arrow in your quiver, right? Every tool at your disposal, even illogical circular logic that you claim makes perfect sense uh, when you're trying to use it. And yet nobody seems to challenge you. Anyway, that was breaking news today, something that's important. Something that everyone should know. You know what else was breaking news today? Breaking news today, even though it happened on Wednesday, the U.S. Embassy in Yemen was attacked and taken over. Equipment was seized. Personnel was taken hostage. Yemeni people who worked there had been being kidnapped over time over the course of the last few weeks. An Islamic extremist group stormed the U.S. Embassy in Yemen, taking hostages, seizing equipment. Bloomberg News first reported this back on Tuesday. Okay, so evidently I had a, a detail wrong there. First reported it back on Tuesday of this week, and Bloomberg News... How is it that they're the first folks to, to report this? They first reported that the Iranian-backed Hutza extremist had taken at least 25 Yemenis working for the U.S. into custody over the span of a few weeks, including Yemenis working for the U.S. Embassy and uh, USAID. So then... The Free Beacon on Thursday said that according to media watchdog outlets that translate foreign media, uh, that the local media there were saying that they had seized the, uh, the embassy and the equipment from the compound and that they were doing who knows what with it. Now, a State Department spokesperson said that the majority of the hostages have been released, but that some embassy staff continue to be detained without explanation. Well, here's the explanation if it's all the locals that were working with the Americans, they're being targeted. Because they don't want a direct beef with the United States. They're concerned that if you take and hold American hostages, that even someone as spineless and as incoherent and incontinent as Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. still may find somebody who accidentally finds a moment of intestinal fortitude and says, you can't do that to Americans. So instead of openly attacking Americans... They attacked the locals that would be willing to work with us to send them a message. You don't work with the Americans. Now, the spokesperson for the State Department, of course, also said, we call on the uh, Houthis to immediately vacate the embassy, and return all seized properly. Ooh, they're sending a strongly worded letter. The U.S. government will continue its diplomatic efforts to secure the release of our staff and the vacating of our compound, including through our international partners. Now, this group, the Houthis, uh, Under the Trump administration, they were designated as a foreign terrorist organization and a specially designated global terrorist. Under the leadership of former Secretary of State uh, Mike Pompeo. Uh, Sorry, Mike, I just had a momentary lapse there. Now, the Biden administration almost out the gate reversed the terrorist designation after taking over. I mean, this literally was among some of those first couple of days of executive orders. They just snapped a finger and they did it. And all of this was an effort to try and get along just a little bit better. Not with Yemen, whom we have a fine relationship with the current recognized government, but with Iran. The idea that if we play nice with Iran, maybe we can help ease tensions because the currently recognized government in Yemen uh, is closely aligned and supported by Saudi Arabia, you know, the other kind of Muslim, which is why the Iranians don't like them. They've been fighting a proxy war in Yemen now for a while. This terrorist group is considered to be a rebel faction trying to take control of Yemen. The United States government should not be supportive Of such a thing. In fact, we should be cutting off movement and flow of weapons and money going to these people. And if that means directly intervening with transports from Iran, all the better. Except that's not going to happen, is it? No matter what we do, no matter what we say, Joseph Biden Robinette Jr. Barely there, Beijing Biden, the lead aspect of Operation P-Pads and Knee Pads, he's not going to do jack about it. None of the minions beneath him, uh, some of which are actually running the show, they're not going to do anything either. This is the kind of crap that they want. I don't know exactly which person behind the scenes is behind this, but what I really want to know is why this was reported in Bloomberg back on Tuesday and there's been almost shh, shh, no we can't talk about this almost no mention of this anywhere in the media that this story didn't start picking up any kind of steam even among conservative news outlets until like Thursday of this week A lot of folks didn't hear about it until today. And in fact, worse than that, an overwhelming majority of people haven't heard about it at all, even now. Me mentioning this, if you happen to be listening to this show, maybe the first you hear of it, don't feel bad. You are not alone. So that's that. I don't know what else to say, except that I just meant for both of those to be just a couple of quick hitters. And now we're already past the the half hour mark for the first hour show. So let's go ahead and do the uh, Songs and Stories for Soldiers Veteran's Tip of the Day. A brand new Edwards Notebook, and then we will jump into the rest of the stories almost immediately after that. So you guys don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after this.
2: Hello, this is Dan Perkins for your Songs and Stories for Soldiers Veterans Tip of the Day. What veterans who are homeless or at risk of homelessness should do for help? Veterans who are homeless or at imminent risk of homelessness are strongly encouraged to contact the National Call-In Center for Homeless Veterans at 877 Aid vet. That's 877 424 3838 for assistance. If a veteran does not have access to a phone or the internet, only then are they to visit the closest VA medical center without calling in advance. All veterans should contact their VA medical center before visiting for any reason. These steps are necessary to prevent the spread of COVID-19. So here's your Veterans Tip of the Day. Contact the VA at 877-424-3838 for more information. The VA wants to help. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers,
3: Veterans Tip of the Day. Once again, some Republicans show they are no more loyal to the better principles for America than leftist Democrats. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, a mind-boggling total of 32 House and Senate Republicans helped push Biden's mostly wasteful $1.2 trillion so-called infrastructure package over the finish line. Most of those unwise Republicans were easily won over to Biden's camp via big-money handouts from none other than the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, proving yet again what the great Will Rogers said many years ago, that there isn't a dime's worth of difference between the Republicans and Democrats. There are individual exceptions to that rule like Marjorie Taylor Greene and a few others, but if the right circumstances come to the fore, you can be sure the prevailing stench a washington's swamp culture will sweep away far too many republicans who actually know better we the people must also vote better
0: what they do they smile in your face
3: the time you i'm ron edwards Check out the Ron Edwards American Experience via TheRonEdwards.com.
1: Ron Edwards, the new voice of
3: America. (laughs) ¶¶
1: Thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. I definitely want to make sure that as we continue, as we move forward, that we do so. Together, That, of course, was Mr. Ron Edwards. Love the Backstabber song uh, there uh, included. Uh, fantastic use of some music there. All right. Uh, good job. And again, congratulations to Ron Edwards as well for expanding his reach. As uh, we mentioned previously, uh, a new affiliation with a new network. Fantastic job, uh, Ron. Keep up the great work. And as he suggested, go visit him at com and you'll find everything he's up to. And it's a lot between the writing, the shows. mm, Wow. Phenomenal. He's a busy guy. Busy guy. Okay, with that being said, before we jump right back into things, I do have one more thing that I would very much like to mention. And that is, of course, I have a sweet tooth. And I'm really, really picky, though, about... What sweets I like. I didn't used to be quite so picky about it when I was younger. It used to be pretty much anything that if you have a sugar content of 50% or higher, you're my new favorite food. Okay, it used to be that way. Now, as I've gotten older, I've kind of gotten away from it. I've gotten a lot more uh, selective. uh, Still, way too many sweets, though. Uh, It's bad for me, I know. But, you see, it's because of that sweet tooth that I fell victim to a prank from my wife and my daughter uh, just uh, a couple of days ago. See, I really, really was feeling the need for, you know, the satisfaction of my sweet tooth. And unbeknownst to me, uh, I knew case of built bars had come in and so they had it they knew what it was because now they've seen a few of these cases they had a pretty good idea they've got their favorites now i've got mine and uh one of the things we did with the latest order is we got us some new flavors we tried it some newer flavors so uh here's the deal uh, they uh, said okay well you know here what hey try this new candy bar that i picked up it's really great here they didn't let me see the wrapper they done this crazy little thing i'm like New candy bar, huh? And I'm suspicious immediately because, mm, well, uh, they do have a history of being pranksters. But I'm like, okay, I'll try it. And it's like, well, that is so good. And then they're like, ha-ha, I tricked you. It's not a candy bar. It's a belt bar. Now, if <laughs> you would like to have a similar experience where you have what they say is a protein bar that you really can't distinguish between that and an honest-to-goodness full-blown candy bar, Build Bar is where you need to go. And if you will follow the link in today's show description and just copy and paste the full link, the whole thing, uh, copy it from the show description, paste it into your browser, and then check it out and order it. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. And by doing that, that'll let them know that I'm the one who sent you. So it'll help support the show. So please. If you don't believe me, I dare you to prove me wrong. Do the same thing, order something, and then if you don't like it, if you think I've led you astray somehow, uh, tell me. I'm easy enough to reach. All right, let's get uh, back to the show. Uh, Lots of stuff going on that needs to be discussed. So many things, and this Friday uh, news dump was worse than most, but there's some stuff that I need to touch on that happened previous in the in this week, and I'll try to catch you guys up on the Friday news dump for the Sunday broadcast. But uh, one of the top stories that I had to share, and actually had a a, a really good amount of interaction with folks uh, when I shared it on social media, Vermont has now officially become the first state to give access to free condoms for middle schoolers. I'm pausing here to let that sink in a little bit. You know, I am a fan of the dramatic pause. I I overuse it, actually. Uh, I I know sometimes it gets kind of uh, annoying because sometimes I'm giving you a pause where mm, I probably shouldn't. You know, like right there is an example. Anyway, Vermont just became the first state in the entirety of the United States of America to give... Access, free access of to condoms to grades 7 through 12. Now, I know most of you guys know, you remember from your time in uh, school, that high school starts as a freshman. That's ninth grade. So, we're talking about 7th and 8th graders. We're talking about 12 and 13 year olds. I'm just trying to set that here. I mean, that that needs to be what's firmly in your mind. We're talking about 7th and 8th graders all through high school. Uh, schools don't have to pay for the condoms either. Uh, that's why they're available for free. So no taxpayer dollars going there, uh, sort of, because they're being provided by Planned Parenthood of Northern New England, which, by the way, receives a ridiculous amount of taxpayer dollars. So, bam, uh, they're back to taxpayer funded, technically. Although I'm sure, just like with their abortion business, Planned Parenthood can easily play some accounting games to pretend like that's not U.S. taxpayer dollars going to help fund that. Anyway, the Vermont statue reads as the following, And, and I want you to know this. I know sometimes reading this kind of stuff doesn't make for the best of radio, but this is an important thing. So, allow me to do my dramatic reading of the Vermont statue. In order to prevent or reduce unintended pregnancies and sexually transmitted diseases, each school district shall make condoms available to all students in its secondary schools free of charge. School district administrative teams in consultation with school district nursing staff shall determine the best manner in which to make condoms available to students. At a minimum, condoms shall be placed in locations that are safe, and readily accessible to students, including the school nurse's office. Okay, so back in October, the Vermont Agency of Education issued guidance that stated, back to the dramatic reading, the Agency of Education, in collaboration with the Vermont Department of Health and Planned Parenthood of Northern New England, has collected background information, identifying steps for SUs and SDs and schools to implement condom availability in their schools, and created a template for schools to use when developing condom availability procedures. <sighs> Okay, so Executive Director Mary Beerworth, love the name, by the way. How much is a beer worth? I don't know. Let's ask Mary. Mary? Okay, so Mary Beerworth, I don't know. That was a stupid joke, and I don't know where the hell that came from. Uh, Mary Beerworth of the Vermont Right to Life Committee uh, has protested the action uh, back in June. Uh, She was asserting, quote, parents have no idea that bowls of condoms are going to be placed potentially in the nurse's office and potentially in the bathrooms. We're concerned it's a subtle endorsement of early sexual activity. And as reported on ABC News 10, a local affiliate, she told NBC's Today Health That teenagers, quote, don't even always remember to brush their teeth without parents reminding them. A lot of young girls I know who had abortions under the age of 18 just forgot to take the pill. Now, she was concerned that young women would end up in, quote, a situation where one of their alternatives is abortion, which might also be a big part of why Planned Parenthood is on board with this ideology. Just throwing that out there. That's not her. That's me. I'm adding that part. Why would Planned Parenthood want to give away so many condoms? You know, other than the fact that they have typically been in the business of giving away condoms for a long time, uh, kind of low-end condoms with a high failure rate, I might add, oh, that was a slanderous thing to say to him. Prove me wrong. Anyway, Sharon uh, Toborg, policy analyst for the Vermont Right to Life Committee, uh, had uh, commented on the uh, proposed legislation before its uh, passing, saying that parental rights and responsibilities are defined as those rights and responsibilities related to a child's physical living arrangements, parent-child contact, education, medical and dental care religion, travel, and any other matter involving a child's welfare and upbringing. Yet, parents' rights continue to be denied by those who provide abortions and contraceptives to children without parental knowledge. Currently, in my local school district, the uh, Bayer Unified Union School District, condoms are available to students in grades 7 through 12, but parents can opt their children out. H. 663 would deny parents this right. Our legislature and our schools should respect parents' rights, not eliminate them. My, where have we heard that before? Time and time and yet time again, parental rights has become a thing of the past. The state, through the use of their propaganda farms, I mean the public schools, wants to control not only how your children behave, but what they think, what they're allowed to think. And they also, more than anything else, want to make sure that you, the parent, have the least amount of influence on these children, not the most, as it should be. Not every parent is a great parent. But no parent deserves to have the rights diminished or taken away by the state without strong fundamental grounds. Those strong fundamental grounds need to be the actual, honest-to-goodness, physical well-being of the child. I'm reluctant. I have seen the damage that can be done uh, when it comes to the emotional well-being of the child. I've seen it, but I'm reluctant to allow that because of what the left considers to be emotional abuse. Little Jeffy over here decided, uh, after some prodding from the teacher, that maybe he should wear a dress to school. And maybe, instead of calling him Jeffy, we should call him uh, Jeannie. As a parent, I have the right to say, sorry Jeffy, I'm not going to do that. You're going to wear your regular clothes, and your name is Jeffy. You can try to convince your friends to call you whatever you want, but that's as far as that's going to go. I have the right to do that as a parent of a small child. The school does not have the right to interfere with that. But lots of schools are doing exactly that these days, aren't they? So that's why I'm kind of reluctant. Now, I don't want children to grow up being emotionally abused any more than I want them to grow up being physically abused. And I promise you, I don't want either. But correcting someone who's being manipulated uh, to other ends is not being abusive. In fact, I would suggest that given the overall mental status of those children who suffer from actual honest to goodness gender dysphoria, that the abusive part is once again being performed by those who would have little Jeffy. Put the dress on. Not what's going on in this story, though, so let me get back to it. She then told uh, the Vermont Public Radio, uh, quote, but the reality is that when you encourage sexual activity among young kids and treat it as normal and acceptable for 12 year olds to be engaging in sexual activity, you are creating an atmosphere that will lead to more sexual activity and more. Unintended pregnancies. Throw all the free condoms you want to at these kids. If you're making it seem like it's okay to be getting busy, then uh, there are going to be babies having babies. Now, some respondents commented uh, that, quote, thank God my children go to private school. Public schools have no decency, no value, and no principles. Just disgusting. Another uh, comment. How about teaching students not to have sexual intercourse until they are responsible enough to be self-sufficient? And a parent, it's called abstinence. Uh, Great comments. Not the world we're living in anymore, I'm afraid, but great comments. And... And the correct ones, Uh, not only is that a moral stance, but it's actually a stance that makes the most sense for any person growing from young adulthood into true adulthood. If you want to be financially stable, if you want to have an actual family, you need to Be married before you have children, and you need to be gainfully employed before you have children, and it's a good idea to have acquired as much education as is necessary for you to do that well-paying job if you can find it. Now, that doesn't mean college necessarily, although if your calling falls in the world of the medical or the legal, then unfortunately you have little choice. But if you just want a good paying job and you like working with your hands, trade schools will work just as well, be a lot cheaper, and you're going to be making in some cases more money than those other fancy college educated people. And the fun part is they'll be calling you when they need trouble and they'll be paying you. So at any rate, what what is it you guys think? What what is there to be done? What can be said about this? Vermont they've they've made this leap. Vermont has said, "Here, we're gonna make this convenient for you. We're gonna make this convenient for you. We're gonna give condoms." The 7th and 8th graders? You know, for a lot of these kids, that's going to be when the hormones are really first starting to kick in. That's when you're going to first start seeing some of these young girls starting to develop and looking like they're ready for that type of behavior. You're talking about a group of kids that haven't had the kind of interactions yet, haven't had the kind of socialization yet, to be able to go from, I understand what I'm feeling, and I also know how to maintain and control myself, and you want to literally possibly put these things in bathrooms and... Do you think this isn't going to lead to trouble? I mean, we already live in a time where all apparently you have to do, especially if you're in the state of Virginia, is put on a skirt and go into the girls' bathroom and to rape somebody as it is. Uh, but I'm sure there'll be uh, nothing to worry about, Tim. What are you talking about? That stuff just doesn't happen. All those stories are just made-up antidotes by people who are trying to push an agenda, Tim. How dare you keep repeating those unsubstantiated... Now, wait, we've, we've got substantiation in, in Loudoun County, Virginia, don't we? Yeah, um, we have evidence. I'm not just making that up. Other people are not just making up the fact that part of the job of the schools, part of the job that we entrust schools with is protecting our children when we're not there to protect them. Part of the deal is we want you to educate them, which is also a point in another story that's going to come up in the second hour. We want you to educate them. And we want you to keep them safe until we can come back and get them or until they come home to us. Then, then, we will keep them safe at that point, but your job is to keep them safe. How? How are you supposed to keep them safe if you're actually creating an environment and a set of circumstances that is inherently fraught with danger? That is what is going on when you do this. Now, I... I hate sounding like a prude. I do, because I know when I was younger, I was always like, "Mm, well, you know, the one thing I'm not going to be is a prude. And you know what? What I found as I've gotten older and more mature is that I'm still not being a prude. I better understand the dangers, the risk. You know, uh, risk-reward assessment is one of those tools you learn along with critical thinking that they just don't teach anymore, but is it very important for a reasonable adult to be able to navigate life. What is the risk-reward evaluation of a 7th grade boy who suddenly has an urge and there's free condoms on the counter and you slip into the girls' room while no one's looking? What is the risk-reward evaluation there, the risk-reward evaluation. I'm guessing that there's not too much evaluation going on. It's through extended socialization that these kids, who shouldn't be having sex while they're in high school, but it's through these extended socializations when they first learn that, yeah, I'm feeling different, and the girls are looking different, we better be careful. Uh, it's through those socializations that they learn control and what is and is not acceptable. You can sit there and lecture all you want. You can play any video that you want. The 7th and 8th graders, it's not going to change the circumstance if they can excuse themselves from one classroom and somebody's excusing themselves from another classroom, they're walking down the hall at the same time. You better have some pretty damn good security in place. You better have people constantly monitoring the halls and making sure that nobody is going into the wrong bathroom. It's going to be even more important once those condoms get in place that you make sure that just because some guy's put on a skirt, he doesn't get to go into the girl's room. Just saying. Do not set up our young girls to be victims of sexual assault. Do not set up our girls to be victims of early pregnancies. Do not set up our girls to be mind-manipulated and brainwashed by the likes of Planned Parenthood and the thinking that not only is it okay to go ahead and get pregnant, but we'll go ahead and you... If they have their way, we don't even have to tell your parents, we'll give you the abortion. We'll murder that pre-born little child inside you. And then you, like a good little liberal, can go out at the next protest somewhere and scream your abortion, as long as your parents aren't there, because we don't want to let them know that that happened. Is this the world we want? Vermont, is that the world you want? Because guess what? Every parent in the state of Vermont right now, that's the world you're living in. And I promise you, the leftists are trying to push this further. They've started, they've won in Vermont for the moment. Hopefully, hopefully it's not a victory that'll stand. Hopefully common sense and decent parents and just decency will fire back and win the day. But right now, that's where Vermont is. But right now, they think they've won in Vermont. They're coming for the rest of the country. And it's not going to be that hard of a sell in places like New York, in places like California, places like Oregon, places like Illinois. It's not going to be hard to sell there because all the crazies that are behind this kind of thought, this kind of idea, that's where they're living. We can't let it stand, boys and girls, and we can't let it come to our homes. Protect our children, protect our grandchildren, protect our great grandchildren. Depending on where you're at. In the meanwhile, that's going to have that. That's going to have to be it for the first hour today. Uh, if you're listening via terrestrial radio, tune in again tomorrow to hear the second hour. If you're listening to the podcast, stay right where you're at. We'll be back right after this. Don't go anywhere.
0: Homeschooled on the farm. The USA is in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people try to cross the border, and politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got a big free. Self defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in their guns. All the unions always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. There'll come a day when there'll be real help pay. I've got a big Damn you! When hello and welcome to today's broadcast of
1: Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing. Even, even if I have to offer up that caveat of who you are. All right. Uh, so I, obviously, I am, of course, your ever so humble and you know mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from Rhone County, Tennessee. And uh, this is the second hour of the live broadcast. So for the benefit of those of you who may be listening via terrestrial radio who... Most of the stations that carry this program uh, break it up into one-hour bites, so uh, you got uh, hour number one yesterday, you got hour number two today, but just so you know, in case some of this sounds a little dated, uh, the time of the live broadcast is November 12th. It is 2021. It's a few brief moments after 8 p.m. Eastern, and I am trying to ease you into the weekend without being completely caught unaware of some of the crazy that's going on. And, uh, of course, some of that crazy comes in the form of leftist cancel culture. (sighs) Tim, cancel culture? Cancel culture is not real. How can you even say such a thing? And besides that, it's the right that cancels everybody, not the left. Uh, Okay, so, yeah, I've heard that before. Uh, It's mostly come from the same people that's trying to cancel everyone uh, when they say it, so I'm not going to buy in. Uh, The latest example, uh, once again, finds Dave Chappelle uh, at the uh, center of a, a tiny controversy. Still reeling from the efforts of the left to try and cancel Dave Chappelle and his most recent Netflix special, The Closer he made his comments uh, afterwards saying that he wouldn't be summoned. He's got nothing to do with these folks that he would entertain talking to anybody from any group of people. Uh, but he had two conditions. One, I'm pretty sure was a joke, but then again, may not be. Uh, but the first one is that you had to watch the special from start to finish. And he would know immediately. Now, I have watched it from start to finish. And I got to tell you, I think the real reason, although he said a few things that might hurt very sensitive snowflakes with uh, the inability to understand that occasionally people are going to say things that might hurt your feelings but wouldn't hurt your feelings if you had a little, I don't know, thickness attached to your skin, perhaps. Maybe if you understood that the world doesn't owe you j- Anyway, I'm sorry, I'm... I, I could get carried away with this story. I don't want to. This is supposed to be just a quick hit. i got two major stories I want to get to. So i got to hurry up with this. This particular story involves a high school in Washington, D.C. This high school at the moment has postponed a planned fundraiser, uh, initially planned with Dave Chappelle, after students threatened to stage a walkout because they were uncomfortable with the remarks that he made about transgender people in his recent Netflix special, at least according to this little report. So, in response to student uproar, Duke Ellington's School of the Arts in Georgetown, uh, which, of course, is Dave Chappelle's alma mater, first quietly canceled the November 23rd fundraiser to raise funds for a new theater that they intended to name after the comedian. After the newsletter first broke the news, uh, the school sent out an email to patrons of the school saying that they had instead decided to postpone the event until April 22nd. Saying, quote, we recognize that not everyone will accept or welcome a particular artist's point of view, product, or craft. But reject the notion that a cancel culture is a healthy or constructive means to teach our students how society should balance creative freedom with protecting the rights and dignity of all of its members. Now, the event was up in the air after two students told the newspaper that their peers had a heated debate with faculty after they were told that they would have to help put together an exhibition to honor the comedian on the same day as the fundraiser. See, that was a bridge too far for them. You're going to ask me to do something? Uh, Well, you know, I mean, I'm sure it has something to do with the fact that some of them have been brainwashed to believe that what Dave Chappelle had said is somehow terribly, horribly bad. Uh, But something tells me it probably had a lot more to do with the fact they just didn't want to do the extracurricular work. Ah, Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, the students said that they were uncomfortable supporting Chappelle because many of their classmates identify as LGBTQ plus colon bunny ears rabbit rabbit laughing crying smiley face dot com. Uh, And as a result, they were upset about what he supposedly said in his netflix special the closer uh the comedian of course compares being transgender now this is this is true he compares being transgender to wearing blackface he says that gender is a fact and says that he's a member of team turf which of course stands for trans exclusionary radical feminist which is a term that the uh Transgender activist. I don't know how many members of the transgender community, but the activists that speak on their behalf, it's a term that they made up, uh, dealing with, you know, feminists like the author of the Harry Potter books, just just as an example. Uh, These are people who dared commit the audacious crime of saying men can't be women in as a feminist we need to be concerned about women if we start letting men be thought of as women then there's really no other reason for us to be feminist anymore yes so no? i'm thinking that makes sense <laughs> anyway uh yeah, so one of the jokes, although I'm, I'm not sure that Chappelle was kidding, one of the jokes that Dave made in the special was that he was, in fact, Team Turf because he considered himself to be a feminist. He set it up talking about how feminists were concerned about making sure that women were treated equally and treated fair in society, but that he recognized that women are women and men are men. So, yeah, he's Team Turf. Now, if you're a reasonable person, you probably come to understand that that is a reasonable position to have, even if it's not the position that you have. You come to understand that if you look at it honestly, there is a reason why, you know, first and second wave feminists Should be raising their eyebrows and raising their voices when it comes to people telling them that men can be women too. That women can have penises. They should be doing this because it basically lets men into their club. You're not really fighting for equality anymore as a feminist. You're not fighting for the rights of women anymore if you're actually fighting for the rights of men who just say they're women. So, again, not to be a reflection against anyone suffering from gender dysphoria, but the TERFs kind of have a point. And the fact that they're called TERFs tells you that there is a disdain towards a woman who deems themselves a feminist and says, hey, I'm fighting for women here, and just because you put on a dress doesn't mean you get to be part of what I'm fighting for. They call them radical, trans-exclusionary radical feminists. So what's exactly so radical about the fact that you're kind of old school? So at any rate, despite invitations for the event having already been sent out to multiple patrons, the school first reportedly elected to cancel the fundraiser, uh, shirking Chappelle altogether, who has, of course, given back to his alma mater in a number of ways over the years. He donated $100,000 to the school. He gave it one of his Emmy Awards back in 2017. He delivered a commencement address held a master class for students and regularly visited campuses with, uh, regularly visited campus with other notable celebrities like Bradley Cooper and Chris Tucker. The man has tried to give back to his high school and more importantly to the students who go there on a ridiculously regular level, the point of which that most celebrities never do. Clearly, Not a bad dude. Sometimes he does come across as a bit of a race baiter. His problem is with white people. But, you know, as a conservative white person who does have a little bit of a thick skin, there was nothing in the special that he said that particularly offended me, although some of it was directed at people like me. You know, the difference is we can take a little... Yeah, you know, if you're going to tell a joke, if you're going to set us up, if you're going to make us the butt of the joke, we can take it. Or at least a good number of us. Uh, there's still some pretty thin-skinned folks that look like me too. Not not really the point. But here is what is the point of this. this was supposed to be a quick hit and here I am already running uh longer than I should. This school has risked potentially losing one of the biggest private donors to help them stay on track, period, because they want to let a couple of students who are deluded in the first place run the show. There seems to be a failing in the understanding of the power dynamic. There seems to be a failing in the understanding that Dave Chappelle is not showing up to cause harm to anyone. And that if you can't control your feelings long enough to know that a comedian is supposed to push boundaries, good comedians or bad comedians, they push boundaries. Occasionally, they're going to offend someone. That someone may be you. But at the end of the day, you live in a country that at least once upon a time held firm to the principle of freedom of expression, freedom of speech. And when you have the proper application of the First Amendment, you have no protections from being offended. In fact, you're pretty well guaranteed that at some point in time, no matter how thick-skinned you are, no matter how difficult it is to get under that thick skin of yours, you're almost guaranteed to at some point be offended. Embrace it. Understand that there are many people around the world right now that live in nations that they wish they had the kind of freedom that leads to being offended. Because in a lot of places, the only thing you're allowed to say in public is the party line. And if you act the least bit offended by that, well, it might be the last time we see you, period. All right, so enough of that. Let's, let's move on. Cancel culture is stupid. Uh, high school kids are stupid. High school and middle school kids should not be having sex. They shouldn't have free condoms. Okay, have we established all those things uh, during the course of this broadcast? If not, uh, I promise you I will do it again. Okay, so here's one of the bigger stories. And this is a huge story, really, because there was so much wrong from the beginning. So Project Veritas, and we talked about this the other day a little bit, there's more to it now. There's some new twists. But Project Veritas has found itself in the crosshairs of the FBI recently. That began with a raid on the homes of several of its journalists under the guise of looking for Ashley Biden's diary. Apparently, a stolen diary is now the purview of federal authorities. I one could reasonably ask if they'll be investigating uh, who stole my bike next. Um, We talked about what could possibly be the reason and rationale for the FBI to be doing it. If there was a legitimate reason for the FBI to, to be involved, number one, it would be that there was some effort made to extort the Biden family through the use of said diary. Another is that if in and amongst The other possessions that were taken, there could possibly be something that's classified information in amongst it. Something that's classified that probably shouldn't have been there in the first place. Because remember, the diary wasn't the only thing that disappeared, according to the Bidens. Now, what was so disturbing, besides the raids happening in the first place, was how quickly the New York Times knew about them. While O'Keefe, James O'Keefe, of course, is the the main guy at uh, Project Veritas. While O'Keefe was asked by the FBI to keep quiet, the Times knew within hours, pointing to a leaker within the Bureau. That would be what would be suggested. Writing right here. But while the Department of Justice requested us to not disclose the existence of the subpoena, something very unusual happened. With an hour of one of our reporter's homes being secretly raided by the FBI, the New York Times, who we are currently suing for defamation, contacted the Project Veritas reporter for comment. We do not know how the New York Times was aware of the execution of a search warrant at our reporter's home. So the subject matter of the search warrant, as a grand jury investigation, Is secret. So that came from Project Veritas. Days later, O'Keefe would have. Excuse me. Uh, Let me re. Days later, O'Keefe would have his home raided as well. And sure enough, the Times once again knew about it before anyone else. Noticing a pattern yet? Because it's about to become as obvious as a neon sign because I'm not done yet. Two days ago, a court ordered the FBI to stop extracting data from O'Keefe's phones, which had apparently been seized during all of the raiding of the homes. Again, all of this is being done under the allegation that a diary was stolen. But then... Just this past week things boiled over into outright scandal. You see, the Times suddenly started publishing privileged communications between Project Veritas and its legal team. Those messages apparently came from one of O'Keefe's phones. The FBI, Project Veritas, I'm sorry, the FBI raided Project Veritas on the pretext and is now leaking their privileged communication to the New York Times. That was tweeted by Will Chamberlain. So, yes. Privileged information between Project Veritas and their attorneys. Remember, just a little while ago, I told you Project Veritas is in the middle of a lawsuit with the New York Times. Project Veritas has sued the New York Times. Not about this, not about the rating and the leaked information, but about a previous defamation suit. And the New York Times, over an unrelated matter, and now the Times has Project Veritas' privileged communications that reveal their legal strategies. So given the the circumstances, there could only be one logical source for that information. It has to be coming from someone in the FBI. Now, at this point, I don't see how you can consider it anything other than scandalous unless you want to say it's also criminal, which I think you could make a case for that. Though nothing is really surprising anymore when it comes to dealing with the FBI, is it? I mean, again, of the majority of the agents that work there, I have no doubt are simply trying to do the best job they can, but we know that there are some bad operators that are part of that organization. It appears that a major newspaper has colluded with at least some part of the federal government to target an investigative reporting outlet. Now, of course, there are still more dots to connect, but if you, there's some other explanation, I, I don't know what it would be. I mean, the pretense of the original raid simply made no sense. And we talked about that when we were discussing it back on uh, Wednesday. I'm sorry, on Tuesday. And then the Times has been getting these leaks from the Bureau every step of the way in order to target Project Veritas. If this isn't a coordinated political hit job on the journalistic organization, then what the heck is it? So many lines have been crossed now that it's getting really hard to keep up with any of them. Worse, what exactly can Project Veritas do about it? The Biden-run DOJ certainly isn't going to investigate these leaks. And the damage is already done as far as their legal strategy and their uh, lawsuit against the Times. The Times now has possession of these privileged communications even as they're being sued. Think about how absurd that is. Think about how that would make you feel if you were the victim of this circumstance. We have these laws put in place for a reason. And we have the system in place so that we can have privileged communication. But we've seen over and over again how the system works perfectly fine if you're of a certain political persuasion, but if you are of a different political persuasion, then there is no room for the system to work for you. It can't be allowed. It can't be permitted. You can't possibly be allowed to win in the court. You can't be seen to be able to use the law because then they have to admit that you were the victim, and they were the victimizers. You were the oppressed, and they were the oppressor. Well, they can't admit that. The New York Times represents legacy media. The New York Times represents everything that's wrong with current mainstream media. But they are that representative face. And then Project Veritas is the, the embodiment Of what Breitbart was when it first started. Citizen journalism. Somebody stepping up and saying. Political slants be damned. We're going in and we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to show you what's really happening. We're going to do the investigative journalism. That the legacy media just simply won't do anymore. They won't tell you about Michael Brown not being hands up, don't shoot, how that was BS. Because none of their people were there. If it wasn't for eyewitness testimony of black citizens, we would have never known. But there's a ton of Americans out there right now who still think hands up, don't shoot's a real thing. They don't know any better. Pretty shameful, if you ask me. But it's not like... They're able to count on legacy media to stand up and tell them anything that's true, can they? It's up to organizations like Breitbart, like Project Veritas, like The Blaze, like The Daily Wire, like The Daily Caller. Like the Ron Edwards American Experience, like Southern Sense Talk Radio, like the Don Smith Show. And yes, dare I say it, dare I be bold and brave enough to throw my hat in the ring there as well and say, like tapping to the truth. It's up to us to scream from the mountaintops. To be that voice for common sense and to bring you the truth that the legacy media not only fights against and doesn't want you to know, doesn't want you to have in your possession, but also wants to destroy people like all the folks I just mentioned, myself included, because we have the nerve to try to do what they want. We have the gall to expose them for the fakes and frauds that sometimes by doing nothing more than just telling you the truth about a story that they're wanting to lie to you about. It's pretty crazy. That is the world we are currently living in. So what else do you do? Well, I don't know about you. But I keep getting behind this microphone. And I keep talking to anybody who's willing to listen. And I hope that you will continue to join me. And I hope you'll continue to show up and listen to shows like Annie Eubelis, like Ron Edwards. I hope you'll keep showing up and listening to Southern Sense Talk Radio, the Ron Edwards American Experience, the Don Smith Show. That you'll keep listening to the various radio shows and podcasts that are available through the Daily Wire, that are available through The Blaze. You don't like everybody there. You don't like everything you're hearing. Good. But don't stop listening. Don't stop tuning in. And keep going to the platforms that keep trying to jerk us around just to mess with their algorithm, keep going to the YouTubes, keep going to the Twitters, demand that you're able to find us and listen to us and hear us and watch us because that's the part you play in this. At least until you decide to pick up a microphone of your own, pick up a a video camera of your own, to start your own channel and rumble or bitch shoot, to stand up and try to... To fight that same battle on the platforms that want to censor us like YouTube. That's where we're at now. You have to stand up. It is the halfway point of this hour. So if you will, bear with me. We will go ahead and do the Veterans Tip of the Day and a brand new Edwards Notebook. Stay right where you're at.
2: This is Dan Perkins with your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans, tip of the day. Are you looking for a job because you got laid off because of the coronavirus? Most veterans think that the GI Bill can only be used for college, but that's not true. It can also be used for retraining programs. So if you're out of work and looking for a new career, go to the va.gov and look at the GI Bill benefits. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans, tip of the day.
3: The Biden regime has claimed that China and climate change are America's two biggest threats. Well, he's 50% right. China is our biggest threat. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. While it is true that China is the biggest threat to our republic, U.S. regime leader Joe Biden has a long time bought and paid for Chinese concubine along with his Troubled son hunter. And true to form, recently the Biden regime and Chinese dictator Xi Jinping, who is Biden's boss, signed a wretched climate change agreement. As has been the tradition of most international agreements, if Biden was involved, our nation is once again left at an agreed-upon disadvantage. The U.S. has agreed to further harm our economy by not allowing the U.S. to continue using fossil fuels in the future. While China is allowed to use all the unclean coal, crude oil, and whatever else Xi Jinping deems necessary, no matter what, they officially tell we the people. Wake up, America. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the Ron Edwards American Experience via TheRonEdwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. (laughs)
1: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. We are, of course, uh, back in action. Uh, tap into the truth is doing what tap into the truth does. Uh, before we get b- back to this last big story of the, of the day that I wanted to cover, uh, we will uh, discuss, well, we're going to discuss coolers. Uh, blue coolers, to be precise. Uh, you've heard me talk about blue coolers before, and there are good reasons why I have. It's They're fantastic. They're every bit the quality of a certain other cooler with, uh, with the name of uh, Himalayan Sasquatch. Uh, you know the brand. Well, blue coolers are ever bit as good as they are. In fact, uh, I'll say they're better because most of their products is about half the cost of that other brand. Uh, beyond that, uh, they most of their products anyway actually exceed guarantees. They exceed the promises. Uh, I had uh, I decided to run a test on my own. Put a couple of bags of ice in a blue cooler that I've recently had for testing purposes, uh, and then just closed it up. And then I started checking on it after 10 days. I said started checking on it because I still had some ice still in frozen form. Meaning that's, you know, that's kind of what ice is, frozen water. I still had a little bit of ice on day 13. Day 14 didn't have any more. And actually, I'm not convinced that had I not been opening to check on it from day 10 on that uh, that it wouldn't have lasted a little longer. So, you know, they promise one thing, they over-deliver. That's a pretty good. So if you need a brand-new cooler and you're looking for something with the quality of that other brand because you heard all the great things about and, hey, make no mistakes, they are a great brand, too, but blue coolers literally just as good about half the price. So... At the very least, check them out. And what you will do is you will see in today's show description, there will be a link. Please just copy the link in its entirety, paste it to your web browser, and go visit. And if you decide to make a purchase, make sure you have used that link to go there. That way, they know I sent you, and you help the show out just a little bit. So, you know, come on, help me out a little. It's not that bad. It's not terrible to help me out. All right. Now, I've got one more major story. And this is a major story, although this is from a couple of days ago. And I would have talked about this on Wednesday night show uh, had I been able to go ahead and and do Wednesday night show. As I recall, something came up and it kept me from doing it. Uh, So. It circles back around to Loudoun County, Virginia, and the school board there, and all the issues and troubles that are ongoing. It is absolutely ridiculous what the school board's been up to, and what the superintendent of the school system's been up to, and, well, everything else surrounding it. But, you see, evidently, they're not the ones leading the charge here. See, they hired a consultant a little while back. And this was actually reported on Yahoo News. Now, Yahoo is a bunch of Yahoos, uh, very leftist in their news curation as well. So when they curate uh, news, they do so in a fashion that, uh, well, it tends to favor the left. It's not something that I particularly appreciate. But it's just something that's it's factual, so there's not much we can do about it. It is what it is. So the fact that they covered this story and wrote about it so honestly uh, really made me think that, number one, they probably think this is a winning argument. It really made me think that this continues to be the thought process of a lot of folks on the left, especially when it comes to indoctrinating our children, or as they call it, public education. See, the co-founding partner of the consulting firm that was hired by the Loudoun County Public Schools to incorporate equity and inclusion initiatives into the school's curriculum admitted in a recent lecture that he believes public education should not, important emphasis there, should not focus primarily on learning. Now let let me give you a minute to let that sink in. Public education. Public education should not focused primarily on learning. Well at least at least he didn't say shouldn't at all. Right? I mean let's let's take let's take the small W. He didn't say that it shouldn't at all. He said that it shouldn't primarily And now, I was left with this. Just, I read that, and I'm left wondering how does anybody who is an advisor, who isn't a consultant, make a statement like that in a public setting? Especially after you know, as a consultant, that. The school system you've been consulting for, they've come under fire so much recently because of your programs. You've seen the parents literally on fire, and you've seen the tar and feathering uh, possibilities continue to rise. There's an old saying about people being run out of town on a rail. Uh, some of these school board members in Loudoun County are about to face that as a reality. But you see, it, it didn't end there. That was just the beginning of the crazy that this guy had to say during this lecture. I mean, isn't that bad enough, you might think? Could there possibly be anything worse? But there was. This guy went on to make the statement that public education is more about learning to socialize. It's more about learning to model your behavior after that of your educators. Not to be like your parents, but to be more like your teachers. You know, the teachers that are not focused on learning as a primary focus of education. Yeah, uh, be more like them. Be more like the people that prefer that they allow boys in skirts to go in girls' restrooms and sexually assault people. Yeah, those are the people to be like. He literally made the statement that the Internet is much better at disseminating information. So the need of schools to disseminate information is no longer a vital or primary task of public education. The Internet. You know, the same Internet that has brought hundreds of Thousands of people to believe that the world is flat. The same internet that has made stars out of people on TikTok. The same internet that has allowed some people to say some of the dumbest things ever and to then be thought of as thought leaders. Yes, the Internet is much better at disseminating information. See, here's the thing, though. The Internet actually is pretty good at making certain information available. But the Internet is also highly patrolled by those who want to make sure that certain information isn't available. All right, so now you're probably thinking, surely, Tim, surely you're exaggerating. This guy would have never said that. Well, let me give you some quotes. During this same lecture, he said, quote, I think the thing that public education offers, because I certainly don't think we offer learning, are relationships. What historically high schools were for was dissemination of information very quickly well actually the internet is better than the high school is truthfully the teacher in relation to the dissemination of information is obsolete but the teacher in relationship to relationship is the thing this is Jamie Almazan equality collaborative leader This is the guy. Now, do you need me to repeat that? Do you need me to say that again? Uh, Were you paying close enough attention? If you missed it, let me do it one more time because I need you to hear this. This is a guy who's consulting to the school district, helping them to put their equality and inclusion programs in place. These are the people that want to teach your kids that math is racist. These are the people that want you to think that the 1619 Project is legitimate history and that if you have anything to push back, you know, like a lot of actual historians did, then you are a racist, you're a bad person, and you have no business being involved in your child's education. This guy said, again, quoting, I think the thing that public education offers (coughs) because... I certainly don't think we offer learning our relationships. Really, that, that's, this is what the guy said. What historically high schools were for was dissemination of information very quickly. Well, actually, the Internet is better than high school is. Truthfully, the teacher in relation to the dissemination of information is obsolete, but the teacher in relationship to relationship is the thing. Now, the Loudoun County public school system, they they paid equality, collaboration, over $500,000 to train teachers. 500000 taxpayer dollars to train teachers to apply his opinion that it's not for learning. So for that, kids can just go on the internet. They don't need school to learn. Instead, schools are for relationships. Schools are for relationships? You know, I'm beginning to think I need to start one of these companies. I'm honestly beginning to think that maybe I could fake my way into pretending to be one of these leftist loons and and con folks into giving me $500,000 to go in and say, I believe that schools shouldn't even try to teach people anything. We should just have them spend time watching influencer videos about how being trans is cool and and that's the kind of thing that public schools are for. A uh, check, please. I mean, you might as well. Why not cash in on this insanity? I mean this guy urged teachers and administrators to practice their diversity training on adults whose minds have hardened over time so that they'd be better prepared to convert children to their cause. See, children, children he recognized are much more impressionable because their worldviews are still developing and evolving and are therefore easier to persuade. Yes, children have a glorious lack of life experience. So yes, he's right. So to change adults, sometimes I wonder whether it's even worth it. I'm back to quoting now, by the way. To change adults, sometimes I wonder if it's even worth it. Sometimes you're like, just forget it. They should just get out of the way. Kids change much faster. Adults are in the way. Uh, those adults he's talking about are the parents. Those adults he's talking about are you. You're not worth it. You need to get out of their way so they can indoctrinate your child. Equality of opportunity is insufficient. Instead, public school systems must reflect and institutionalize equity of outcome. He recommended a linguistic strategy for schools to adopt to make equity and inclusion initiatives more palatable to constituents. In other words, learn to say it in veiled and hidden ways, but learn to convey it in everything you do. That's how you get to the point that math is racist. That's how you get to the point that if you expect to be graded, that that is white supremacy in action. That's how if you show up for class on time, you're being victimized by the institution. You're being oppressed. Let me say that last part again. Equality of opportunity is insufficient public school systems must reflect and institutionalize equality of outcome please the only way that any institution or any part of our government can guarantee an equal outcome is if they guarantee that we are all equally miserable that's not the kind of future that i want for my children that's not the kind of future that i want for your children it's not the kind of future that i want for the grandchildren coming down the pike That's not America, period. This guy said, quote, I actually think it's easier to create a productive conversation about equality when you're talking about equity as opposed to addressing inequality. My job, my star language coming up with the outcomes we want to see and then addressing the inequalities that prevent us from getting to that outcome. People are down for equity. People are not down for challenging inequity. Translation, when you challenge inequity, you kind of poke holes in how do you get there? The whole idea of this equity notion, this equality of outcome, it doesn't work for them because then you have to explain how do you get there? How can you have everybody successful? How can you raise the bar for everyone and still be playing the game of equity? At some point, they might actually have to explain their definition of equity because Here's my understanding. The definition of the word for a long time has meant that equity is something you earn. You earn your piece of whatever, either by investing cash or investing time, investing effort, doing the things that you know you need to do in order to build something, to make something, to create something. It involves effort on your part. That's equity. You don't get to have equity in a company without paying for the stock, without buying in. You don't get to have equity of building your own company, building your own house without putting in the sweat. Sweat equity is a real thing, but that's equity. It has actual value, but it's actual value that you in some fashion must earn. It cannot be handed to you. Oh, well, life's not fair, so here's some equity. That's not equity. That's theft. And the worst part is the people getting it aren't the thieves. An intermediary is. And in this case, it's this guy. And this guy is trying to get the school system to become a thief. They're trying to get them to become the thief of the child's ability to believe in their own self their ability to be successful through their own efforts, their ability to understand that in order to have something worthwhile, you have to earn it. All you have to do is watch small children and understand that when you give them something, there is almost no appreciation for its value or its worth. But when they earn it for themselves... There is a great deal of appreciation. There's a great deal of effort on their part to protect what they have earned. That's equity. This is a nation that's built on the idea of equality of opportunity. And that's all anyone should ever ask for. If you want handouts, you're in the wrong place. Go back to Western Europe. Hang out there. They love giving away stuff without much expectation in return. they got a few other problems, so be careful. Don't go there just on the whim. Don't think that life is going to be so much greater. Maybe you ought to just try it out first. If you believe in socialism, go visit Venezuela for a year or so. If you believe in equity instead of equality, go visit Western Europe. See what it's about. You do that, you spend at least a year there, and then you actually learn from the experience, I guarantee you, you'll want to come back here, and you'll want to earn some actual equity in something so that you can take advantage of true equality of opportunity. Equal treatment under the law is what everyone should expect, and no one should ask for anything more. Because that is as good as it gets. You may think, oh, well, it would be so much better if they did this or if you did that or blah, 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 blah. No, it does not get any better than you having an equal opportunity to be successful, to pursue your interest. It means there's risk. It means you may fail. It means it may not be a heck of a good time for you. It means there may be a learning curve. It means you may get knocked down a few times before you find your footing. But it still means that you have the opportunity to follow your passions. It means you have the opportunity to utilize your work ethic to improve your situation. It means you're not beholding to the whims of a politician. It means that you're not oppressed by a government. If you're being taught that you're evil because you're white or that you're oppressed because you're not white, then you're not being taught the truth of this country. I'm sorry I'm going to have to disagree with this consultant. Learning is, should, always be, and shall always be, as far as most Americans are concerned, the primary role and concern of the public school system. When it is anything other than learning, and learning fundamental basic facts, and preparing children for life after school, preparing children to learn to critically think for themselves, when it's anything other than that, it's worthless. It's a waste of time. Your kids might as well stay home. They'd be safer, and they'll end up smarter. This guy got $500,000 to train teachers, to manipulate their own language in front of their students, to try and frame everything as a social justice talking point no wonder this guy wants to downplay the importance of learning in education the real question ladies and gentlemen is what have you learned because if it wasn't that you need to be paying close attention to everything going on in the schools where your children or grandchildren are at, then you need to listen to this one again That's going to have to be it for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for staying with me to the end. And as always, remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly to use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. In the meanwhile, stay safe, uh, stay healthy out there, and, uh, you know, be smart, even if it goes against your nature. I'm out.
0: is using both hands Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final Take on control is using both hands. in both hands.